Welcome everyone to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen. I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and I'm the executive director of the International Outreach and Disciple Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. And these two ministries are the sponsors of this program. To learn about either, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Our topic for today is What Jesus Taught About Himself. Our Lord spoke very directly and often about his identity. He did so because he knew the questions that people were asking about himself. He also did so because he knew he was the answer to the deepest need of those who came to him. As such, he taught people that he was the one they had been waiting for, and that he was the answer to their deepest need. And we read this remarkable sentence. The man says, Lord, I believe. And then it says he worshipped him. That's amazing. He worshipped him. This messianic title, the Son of Man, was the one that the Lord Jesus applied to himself more than any other. He uses the title over 31 times in the book of Matthew alone. It's, it's a title that you find the Lord Jesus using over 84 times throughout the Gospels. He didn't, in a sense, make up this title during his time of his earthly sojourn. The, the psalmist refer to the Messiah as the Son of Man. Ezekiel refers or employs this title of the Messiah over 90 times. Daniel gives some of the most pointed descriptions of the Messiah using the title, the Son of Man. It would have been unmistakable to anyone in the Lord Jesus' day to hear him use the title, Son of Man, which he did over and over and over again without understanding, without having the clear understanding that the Lord Jesus was framing the conversation around himself and identifying himself before all of them that he was indeed The one, the Messiah, the Savior. Here's a second thing here. Beyond simply identifying himself as the Messiah and making the self-identification, the Lord then readily indicated the contribution that he would make to human existence. And the contribution was always a promise of spiritual elevation that only the true Savior of all people could give. It was a contribution that was universally promised to all those who would actually come and follow him and believe in him. He taught that he was the source of all life and all well-being. And I I want you to note here that this is not an occasional word that the Lord Jesus gave. Again, follow that assignment. Go back and pick up the Gospel of John in a red-letter edition and read his words, and you'll find that he says it over and over and over again. And for just a moment, I'm going to pick one point in the different chapters, but you'll find manifold ways in which Christ expresses the benefits and the contribution that he makes to those who believe and trust in him to their experience. Starting out in John chapter 1, the Lord Jesus encounters Nathanael. And Nathanael will become a disciple of the Lord Jesus. Initially, Nathanael receives the witness or testimony of, I believe it is Philip that came to him saying that we found the Christ. And Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because he's been told that that's where Jesus is from, Jesus of Nazareth. After that, the Lord Jesus comes and meets Nathanael upon the way. And when he sees Nathanael coming, he says, here's a man in which there's no guile. Here's a man who speaks his mind plainly. Nathanael says, how do you know me? And he says, well, before Philip found you under the fig tree, obviously this is where Nathanael was when Philip found him and said, come, we found the Christ. I saw you. The Lord Jesus knew where Nathanael was and what Nathanael was thinking. And this mere expression that Jesus gives to Nathanael convinces Nathanael that this indeed is the Messiah. In John chapter 1, verses 49 through 51, we have the occasion where this takes place. 
Nathanael answered to him, it says, and he said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you hereafter, you're going to see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. What Jesus is saying is, you're going to discover that I am the ladder that brings heaven's benefits down to earth, and all the ministering angels that come into your life are going to come to you through me. That's how the Gospels get started in John, when Jesus begins to identify himself. I am the source of all blessing. I'm the one who mediates all life and blessing, and you're going to realize this. You think just just knowing what you are thinking and having a little pre-knowledge of where you were at a few moments ago, Proves that I'm Messiah. You follow me and watch, and I'll pour out to you and upon you all the great benefits that heaven has in store for your life. John chapter 3, Nicodemus, one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin, will come to the Lord Jesus. Rabbi, we know you're a great teacher from God. The Lord Jesus will identify his great need. His great need is to be born again. Then the Lord Jesus reveals to him this. He says that every human being can escape God's condemnation and gain eternal life if they will but believe in him. And if they won't believe in him, the Lord Jesus tells Nicodemus that God's judgment remains upon them. That's a rather bold statement. In John chapter 4, to that Samaritan woman, the Lord Jesus reveals himself as the living water that a person can drink from and never thirst again. And if they will drink from him, they will have springing up within their being a well of water that will spring up to eternal life. In John chapter 5, the Lord Jesus will speak to the multitude And he will declare before the multitude that all final judgment of the human race is his and that one day the dead will hear his voice and rise up to face that judgment but that if they will believe in him, those who believe in him will not come into judgment but they'll have everlasting life. In John chapter 6, the Lord Jesus, after having divided the loaves and fishes and fed a multitude of over 5,000 people, a little while after that, individuals will chase him down again and ask him to give them more bread. And the Lord Jesus says, you're not coming to me because you want me. You're just wanting the food that I put in your belly. And then the Lord Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. And again, he says, everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up in the last day. And again, he says, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he'll live forever. John chapter 17 at the Feast of Tabernacles on the last day of the feast we're told that Jesus stood up before the multitude and cried out in a loud voice if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture says out of his inmost being will flow rivers of living water in John chapter 8 Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives and a great crowd is gathered around to hear him teach and there the Lord Jesus says I am the light of the world he who follows me will not walk in darkness but have the light of life John chapter 9 He demonstrates his power to be the light of the world by giving light to the blind eyes of the man we just spoke of just a while ago. In John chapter 10, the Lord Jesus then at the Feast of Dedication declares, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the door and I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give to them eternal life and they'll never perish and no one will ever snatch them out of my hands. John chapter 11, he travels to Bethany. And to the crowd that's gathered around the grave of Lazarus, the Lord Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Just a quick review. You can find them yourself. 
And then you can find the Lord Jesus saying, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. And I've come that my joy might be in them and that they might have joy to the full. And come unto me, all you that labor and are heavier laden, and I will give you rest. And on and on and on, the Lord Jesus gives his promises of the benefits and the contribution he makes to their human existence if they will believe that he is the one. And they'll come to know him. He continues to make that benefit, those blessings to us today. Listen, these are not the words of a great moral teacher. They're not. There is no ambiguities here. The Lord Jesus taught that he was the Messiah, and his contribution to human existence is life and light and fullness and satisfaction and productivity, not only now but for all eternity, but it's only for those who will believe in him, receive him. Just this last week, there was a news story that broke that there was an individual who was a well-known author, Christian author, had been a professor at one point in time, were known to be some of the more conservative evangelical colleges or universities in America, taught in two of them, wrote for a prominent Christian leader in his magazine and published it in his blogs, and the man now says he's no longer a Christian. And the thing that stands out in the statement is, he says, I've never been more joyful well, this sounds odd, but I read it. I, I'm sad for the man, but I experienced joy when I read the thought, when I read what he said. You know what I thought was? Oh, he never knew my Savior. He never knew him. He may have taught him. He may have written down his theological positions. He may have found some joy and satisfaction in the beauty of the gospel, in the symmetry of his own words and his own thoughts, but he never knew, he never knew my Jesus. You could never separate yourself from him, having known him, and consider yourself to have joy. Because he's all joy, and he's all life, and he's all that he gives all that he's promised. And his benefits are pure, and they're true, and there are those individuals who project themselves on the outer form of Christianity, all of its doctrines, all of its truth, all of its teaching. They can be meticulous and tracing down the Greek and the grammar and the language and the theology and tracing it through church history and they can become apologists for all these things and they know the outward shape of the Christian truth and they can speak about it quite eloquently but the Spirit has never taken them into the inner depths of it. They've never known. They've never known Christ. You can't know Jesus and meet him as Jesus revealed himself. And have joy apart from him? Well, he read all those things that Jesus said. Maybe he defended at one time, but he never knew him. And at some point in time, he's obviously concluded that Jesus wasn't who Jesus said he was. Which, by the way, leads you to have to make another conclusion altogether, which is quite horrific, but it, it's honest. Jesus, by the way, went further than this. This provision as Savior and source of life that, that he would draw and bring to all men as they would come to him. He made it clear that all these provisions... Though he was a man, the son of man, all these provisions came from someone who was more than a man. These are the other two things. Very quickly, the Lord Jesus made it very clear that he pre-existed in time before he walked upon the earth. That's the third point. In other words, when Jesus spoke of himself and taught himself, he made it clear that he existed before he was born. He lived before he was born. He regularly identified himself as someone who had been sent to people on earth from outside of earth. We referred to John chapter 6 where the Lord Jesus is speaking that he is the bread that came down from heaven. Actually, five times in John chapter 6, Jesus says he came down from heaven. When he spoke to Nicodemus, he tells Nicodemus that he had come down from heaven. 
In John chapter 16, verse 28, the Lord Jesus declares, I came out from the Father and am come into the world, and again I leave the world and I go back unto the Father. In John 8, 56, debating with the religious leaders, the religious leaders say that we are the followers of Abraham and the Lord Jesus says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day, saw it, and was glad. In other words, I was around when Abraham was around. Abraham knew me. He doesn't know you. That's what the Lord Jesus is saying. Now, at the very least, at the very least, he's speaking of pre-existence. He's speaking of more than that, but that at the very least. He often spoke of his pre-existence. His disciples listened in as he prayed his high priestly prayer in John 17, 5. Listen to these words. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Pre-existence. Finally, fourthly, let's note that the Lord Jesus did not explain his pre-existence and this life-giving power as an agency of some super angel or of a greater created being. The Lord Jesus taught that he was God come in the flesh. And that's, by the way, precisely why the religious leaders brought him to be crucified. They may have been able to suffer the seeming arrogance of his words, but they couldn't abide with his blasphemy. Well, you'll have to join us in our next broadcast as we continue to consider what Jesus taught about himself. Until then, thanks for listening today to The Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. To learn more about our ministry and our church fellowship, go to breadoflifeboise.org. We gather for worship in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise every Sunday at 11 a.m. We'd love to have you join us. Until the next time, may God bless you.